0: Uh, uh come in please as they used to say back in the old-fashioned radio days and now a word from our sponsor bet online <sighs> you smell that well if you're in Los Angeles that's the smell of pot and smog but if you're anywhere else <sighs> that is is the smell of March Madness? The tournament is coming, as so is the one hundred thousand dollar bracket madness contest at Bet Online, the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. NBA's in full swing. You can bet on NBA at Bet Online as well. Best place to bet your bets or to place your bets. And it's free to sign up, too. Head to betonline.ag. Use your phone to do it. Sign up today. And just for being friends with JT and Looney, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How about that? online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Today is probably the
1: deepest and most important podcast I think we'll ever do. The JT and Looney Podcast, episode 72. I really do. And I hope hope, uh, we get that reaction because today is the one-year milestone of coronavirus and sports. Today, as we record the podcast, and I have so many emotions going through me. So many emotions up, down, all around, and... I wanted to talk about it, and thank God I have you to talk to about issues like this.
0: March 11th is a date seared in our brains. How many times have we said to people when they've asked us if we've enjoyed A, B, C, or D, we say, Well, not since March 11th?
1: Yeah, I didn't think it was March 11th. It could have been, you know, it could have been for people in Kirkland, Washington, who lost members of their family in an old age home. It might have been February. 21st, or it could have been individuals in Wuhan or anywhere around the world or Italy. We both love Italy, but for us, we tie everything to these big, big momentous dates. And there's no doubt about it that March 11th is the day and the NBA, the NCAA tournament, the conference tournaments first, when they shut down before they canceled the NCAA tournament, and the Masters and moved everything back. This is a day that I don't think we should ever forget in sports history because it's, it's one of those dates that will stay with us the rest of our lives.
0: I was walking out of the LA Fitness when we could go to gyms in Los Angeles on March 11th, 2020. Got in my car, which was parked on Hope in downtown LA. Ironically parked on Hope. And uh, so because for the next year, that's uh, we didn't have hope or maybe it's all we had. I'm sitting in my car and who do I see? Walking down the street like Linus had lost his blanket with this slow, sad shuffle. Our former executive producer, the sharp dressed man, Aaron Larsoul, who didn't know I could see him, but he was now working with the Lakers. I were side by side with Jeannie bus after he had left our show and he didn't know I could see him. And he was walking down the street like Linus who was missing his blanket, this slow, sad shuffle. And it was, you know, I was happy to get out of the car to provide him with a smile because, you know, the NBA had been canceled. Uh, And we until further further notice. And he had this, beautiful new job that he that he loved and just that that's a, one of the visuals i have from this day of course a lot more important things and much sadder things happened in the, in the subsequent days and in, in months and year
1: i don't remember many car drives vividly you know i don't i just don't mm-hmm. remember drives vividly But I remember the drive when I was driving to T-Mobile Arena to the Pac-12 tournament after they canceled fans the night before. As we record this and as I drove down there, I should have been listening to music. This is the hook to the story. If I I listen to Howard Stern a lot. I always had Howard on. And this was mid-morning, but Howard runs on a loop. And I should be listening to more music because it's better for our lives and our souls to listen to music. I happen to listen to sports radio, and I really heard it live during an update. That the Pac-12 canceled and it was official, and I got a text, and I didn't go to T-Mobile. It's a big regret I had. I pulled into the Palm's Palm's uh, Resort Hotel and Casino parking lot, and I put the car in park, and I sat there for a few moments, saying, "Wow," and I understood instantly the gravity of the situation. Other times I don't. Family, friends, issues in life, stock market, global affairs, but for whatever reason. I really believe at that moment, someone was either looking out for me sports related wise with my mind. And I knew like a bolt of lightning, everything was going to change right when I sat in the parking lot, put the car in drive, drove home and talked to my wife about it. And it's exactly a year later as we record
0: the podcast. You took this with the seriousness it needed to be taken from. Day one, I have to commend you on that. You were never a political weenie about it. This is about science. This is about fright. Uh, This is about an invisible enemy. And from day one, you you know, because I think those are you're, you're very close to your parents. That's one thing. You know, you can't be flippant about this when you've got old people in your life that you're actually close to. And we both do. So we both had to from day one. And uh, you 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 took this with the gravitas that needed to be taken from day one. I do know that.
1: Well, you're giving me too much credit because I just thought from a selfish sports perspective and <laughs> what my life was going to look like and how I was going to get through and build content. With that, that's what I was doing. It wasn't like this was the Mona Lisa or the Feet chapel and I had a bolt <laughs> of uh, you know, just ingenuity in my life. And I came up with an invention. No, it was just me <laughs> selfishly saying, holy shit, sports might be canceled. I think I think more of it's going to cancel. I got that right. There's two things I got right during the pandemic. Yep. One, I instantly saw that all sports would be canceled. Me too. Yep. And then secondly, I never guessed and I never predicted death. And I'm very proud of that because other people I've ranted on this podcast about this at nauseum. Right. The people that predicted the score, the stats of how many would die. Oh, it's no big deal It'll be over. It'll be over in a month or no, no more than a thousand people will die. They were all documented. Everybody got them for saying that it's come back a year ago today. And I'm happy as a bloviator and a guy who talks too much that I didn't go out there and start predicting life and death. Because I would have been wrong. It was much worse than I expected.
0: Yeah, you knew that was a subject that shouldn't be touched. Uh, you know, putting a number like, an, uh, because you're a Vegas guy, that's all they talk about is numbers and under overs. You knew better than to do an under over with human beings' lives.
1: Yeah, on the season total of the Buffalo Bills,
0: <laughs> right, said, yeah. 10 or 10 and a half.
1: Right. People are saying 100,000 or 200,000 people just didn't understand the magnitude no matter where you're at today it's texas and obviously florida and states are going massless or putting it out there wherever you are on that issue it's not about fauci the podcast not about masks it's about you had to understand early in the first 30 to 90 days how serious it could be not where it was there were a lot of doubters and a lot of assholes that guessed wrong we covered that but you had to know at some point tom that it was going to be potentially really catastrophic and serious. And it turned out being that as all these millions of people were affected around the world.
0: Yeah. And I'm the guy usually on the show who sees the glasses half full, Peter Pan syndrome, et cetera. But I knew in the back of my mind and ever since I was a kid, which this would be a different podcast, I've always had certain psychic ability far more when I was a kid and thought it was normal and didn't realize it was abnormal. And then it got, uh, it, it got squelched over the years, but it still happens from time to time. I had a nice talk with a conversation with your wife about that. And I could see, uh, what was coming in this case, unfortunately, because usually my visions, etc., are usually of a positive nature in this case, they weren't. And I knew I realized there was going to be a lot of, closed signs in front of stores and bars and airports and bus stations and uh and a lot of places and i knew it was going to be rough for the next at least 365 days uh and uh, and i didn't i'm not happy that my vision was correct on that one
1: and i was instantly aware of it for my son's high school and college Uh. because it affected a second half, second semester, freshman into first semester, sophomore took out the entire year other than, you know, online education and being on campus, but not being able to go. And then a high school senior, a high school senior. Wow. Think of that that. sucks senior. And it was really gutted. That's the word I've used. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to do a little bit of a senior banquet. We're going to do a little bit of this and that. No, it was all gutted at every level. And some places like California, not to get political, it was worse. And other schools didn't open at all, didn't allow sports. Other schools in the South and the Midwest opened up and then opened up with sports, whatever it was. but I watched a senior in high school. And I watched what he went through every day. He's a good kid and he got through it great, I think. But they took away their entire senior year. They had nothing to show for it.
0: And, and I love how you put that so empathetically. You think because, as you know, it's not only in our DNA because we have Irish DNA where we ignore the elephant in the room and we smile and pass the mashed potatoes or, and also, or the chicken parm in your case, but also... We don't always mention the elephants in the room or the agony we're going through. We smile and and have a nice time at the party. But I especially do feel bad for people in their teens, kids in their teens and 20s, because, you know, you and I are all about friends. We don't think of them as accessories like rims on a car. We think of them as necessities. And you and I have both have friends since elementary school. But also when you're in your teens and your 20s, you're developing new friendships, At high school, it's cement forever because there's a different sense of time and in college or at your new job. That's who you're dating. That's who you're kissing. That's who you're hanging out with. That's who you're having a beer with. And teens and people in their 20s had a lot of that ripped away from them. And still a lot of people in their 20s now, even if they got their first job, their first job is at home in front of their computer. They're not going in and meeting 16 new people and then going out on a Friday night and drinking with them. And I I really especially feel bad for people who are developing their lives and new relationships, those really important teens in 20 years that were, were so great to us.
1: And it's going to be the greatest comeback story of all time as these kids develop into great young people and human beings. And they have it. The other category of human that I think lost the most, even more than the young kids I mentioned, were the grandparents, which I got a chance to live. I have all four of my parents. My wife's parents are alive. My parents are alive. And they're all healthy and feeling great and all vaccinated all vaccinated good oh good and, and on the on the road to vaccination and they had it the toughest because the ones who really didn't see their grandkids didn't weren't allowed to go into the same room or right. look at them through a window even if they were in the hospital but just plain old grandma and grandpa that you couldn't go over their house if you went over often or once a year or 10 times a year that was wiped out and a lot of kids lost out on that but i feel for all those those great grandparents who wanted to see their kids, grandkids, and they
0: weren't able to do it. Well, yeah, it's been a year now uh, yeah. for the people who've been taking it seriously, where a, a lot of times if people get to see the older people in their lives, parents and grandparents who are in their 60s, 70s or 80s, it's through a window at best through a window. And that's just not the same. And we're all giving each other covid hugs with an elbow. And that's not the same, that we can't embrace each other and people we like and people we love. And that sucks. It really does, because it's, uh, you know, those are the things as human beings that get us through our shit. Uh, the contact with you, the casual contact, the people that we love, but we don't have their phone number and we don't follow them on Instagram, but we know them from the bar or from work or from the gym, but we haven't crossed the barrier where they've come into our homes, but it doesn't mean we don't feel for them just the same. Those people that sometimes we just haven't seen them because that bar is closed, that gym is closed, or uh, you're working from home. It sucks. And as we go back to sports, we wanted to make sure we got on
1: the exact day. You look at all the sports and how they tumble to postponement, to cancellation. The word pause this week as we lead into <sighs> March Madness. I had a chance. I had a really fortunate week on the radio. I've talked to six Division
0: One coaches. Yes. And wow. Six Division One. What's up with the phone? It's. A, I have a new iMac. No, this is. Okay. I was watching <laughs> I have a. I have a new iMac and it's all coming through the new. The new phone, the FaceTime, the the text, and I thought. J, I, I was wondering, I said, JT's fuse is going to get shorter and shorter. We're, these, we're having this serious conversation, these dings and these dogs and these phones and these decks. Sorry. Oh, God.
1: It's like my buddy Jimmy B. If he hit a pen on the table for a while, he'll just turn and go, can you please stop that? I, 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 I don't like that. Can you stop that? Uh, sound for me is important. You know, I'm trying to cover up, uh, but you're getting back to the sports time machine that we've been on the George Michael time machine. If you look oh, at this, I that. this year. Yeah, we all do. Uh, it was incredible. Everything got postponed. So these coaches that I was talking to one big question I got in on all the interviews was how have you changed in the last year as a leader, as a mentor, as a parent or a coach? And they all responded to it and they all yeah. it was not about any of them. They're such great leaders. They just talked about how they wanted to protect their own kids or the student athletes that they coached and how, how big of a journey it was to just get to where they were. Cause they all had these like three week postponements or one week where they missed four games and they still had to get tested and go to school and go on zooms. And I just felt that from a basketball conversation over the last few days and You know, college basketball, once it went down and they canceled the tournament, it's a year later, they're going to have it in Indianapolis starting next week. Those student athletes hit the brunt of it. They've got hit for two seasons, not one and a quarter or, you know, just one, two full seasons of their sports through two tournaments. And uh, I can't wait for next week. It's going to be great. Well, yeah, I'm
0: really happy for the college athletes and people with big goals. Those are kids and young people with that had enormous arrogant goals. I want to play Division One or Division Two or Division Three college sports and have my education paid for because I had a friend at the gym who was really into that, and he was working so hard, and he wanted to go to a junior college and play Division One. And I really and he's had now two years of that taken away i think he's going to be able to play spring ball at a local junior college here in la but i watched him with huge goals a kid from nothing from he had immigrant parents and he was one of the toughest high school football players in los angeles and he's tiny but you know those darren sproles type of guys who's still the toughest guy on the field i'm looking forward to watching his career and it's been on pause and you, and as with, this is just an athletic point of view because we're a sports show, but there's kids who also would like to do things like be in a Broadway play, which is on pause and have other huge goals or just small goals. doesn't matter. Kids with goals who are trying to figure out who they are and they're sitting around living life on pause. Especially performers, artists, as you talked about, singers, uh, comedians,
1: everyone who's an artist and they have to get that out. They have to get it out of their system daily because they're so talented or they're trying to find their talent and they know they got to get the reps. And you took a full year, a full year of coffee shops and small arenas yep. or you know ballrooms where people could have been performing, talking, getting up on a stage. And you took all those people out and you put them on Zoom where they're singing along on tombs. It was awful. Uh, And, And the television shows that we've talked about on this podcast, late night television and morning television tried. Well, they don't get a juice box because they tried and sucked in the Zoom format. (laughs) Well, they don't know what camera to look at because they're on Zoom. Right. Late night, the late night guys disappointed me the most because Mm -hmm. they tried to do it at home. They tried to do it in the studio. They tried not to wear a suit. They tried sitting down when they usually stand up. It all sucked. And I give those guys a lot of credit because I grew up with it. They've all been terrible at it. And everybody notices it. And I'm surprised by that because I thought that category of entertainer would have been better, kind of like Saturday Night Live on the fly. And they weren't.
0: I'm surprised at how many uh, program directors, news directors around the country uh, on television and radio are putting up with bad. It's a year later. Okay, you've got to tell the celebrity, former running back Hall of Famer. I don't care if he's a former running back and Hall of Famer. This is television now get some lighting, get a ring light. So you got to tell them, no, no, you can't have an open window in the background. We can't even see you. <laughs> How many times have we been texting and joking uh, with each other about the incredibly poor lighting and looks until the room raider. We both been room raiders before there was the, 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 the Twitter account. And, and, and there is a woman in Los Angeles doing traffic from home. And she has not invested in the equipment to make herself sound better. And the company hasn't made her. Uh, you know, I won't say the name of the company. I'll just give you the initials to give you an idea. ESPN. And, uh, <laughs> and she she's still doing it from home. Nice woman. But not really. Okay. This you're, you're now doing. You're now doing drive time. LA radio. You don't care to sound better. You know, somebody like. Uh, a television executive like happened to me say, Oh, I like her voice. Let's put her on the best damn sports show period for eight years, which is what happened to me. Come on. And I'm just so surprised program directors, news directors, TV programmers haven't put a halt to bad visuals and bad sound, but they haven't.
1: It's been a rough year, a rough year for everybody who just tried to stay employed, put a product out, show up every day. You were mentioned in the text messages we're on. Uh, A lot of people can relate to that over this last year. A lot of people checked in with their friends and family on text. They checked in a little bit more. They're a little bit more involved. They needed to do that because a lot of people were going through a very difficult year spiritually with their job, whatever it is, what they couldn't do. I think that was a big takeaway this year. I hope more people came together looking
0: out for each other. Here's another thing, too. It's going to be the roaring 20s when we all get our vaccines, we can all get back together because it's all the lunches, all the visitations, your friends you couldn't go see, but you were putting it off. I've got a, a friends that live in Puerto Vallarta, you know, I live to go to Puerto Vallarta that I haven't seen in years, but I said, well, that's going to happen at some point. Um, I, I, you know, friends I've wanted to go to lunch with over the course of the past year where I was putting it off the previous year for, for silly reasons. Because you always thought you had tomorrow or the next day. And this has reminded us we have to do those things now and not wait until later when it comes to having lunch, et cetera, uh, dinner, or just stopping over and having a coffee and saying hi and seeing somebody's new baby. I've got three different guys I know have had a baby. I haven't gone to their house to see their baby because you don't want to get you know that invisible monster involved. Yeah, that's
1: another category when you talk about that newborns and seeing friends and being able right. to connect via you know, people need to see new babies when they're born. Yes, if they're in your neighborhood, let alone in your zip right. code. Right. Family, it becomes a priority. Yeah. A lot of things were put on hold for the year. You know, Interesting. Last week on the podcast, they put out a believe a photo. Sometimes they don't ask us and nor do we care what they right. put the podcast out and they put a picture of. Of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Right. That's how the podcast was sent out well over a week ago. Did we have it before anybody? That was pre Oprah in Santa Barbara in the hills in the backyard. Were we a week ahead of that, Tom?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially you were you really pushed me on that. We got to see that make you see that we got to talk about the podcast. And I thought, okay. but, you know, you do know I like to be up on everything that one. I didn't rush to the television, but I did have a friend on the East Coast said push record on this. And she reminded me to watch it. And I pushed record, and I'm glad I did. Otherwise, you don't want to be on the outside looking in. I'm already on the outside looking in with Star Wars. I missed it when it first came out. I fell asleep the second time. That's not a knock on Star Wars. I had been out drinking the night before when it had its revival in the 90s and they started coming back to theater and making more. I don't like to be on the outside looking in. And I certainly was on the inside watching the Oprah interview and I found it stunning. In so many ways. What's your reaction?
1: Oh, well, it was a brilliant interview by Oprah. She conducted yeah. it perfectly. 10 out of 10. If it was Nadia Comaneci yeah. in the Olympics, it was a 10. It wasn't a 9-5. Oprah was fascinating. Yeah, was- I think
0: a lot of us guys who didn't sit around watching Oprah in the 90s and the new millennium realized how talented she is. I've only seen the show a couple of times in my life. I always knew her story. That's well, a great story. She grew up without electricity in the South. She's a, she got an amazing story. Never even went to, to college. But. Uh, I do think that uh, a lot of guys were clued in to the great talent of Oprah because we didn't watch the show. There's a new rule
1: that comes out of this, that when anyone on television, you don't have to be famous. But if you are an actor Uh or celebrity and we know you, when they talk about their mental illness or the fact on the record that they were thinking about taking their life, on the other side, you can't say a word about it. You can't yeah. doubt that. Leave it alone. Like Piers Morgan, <clears throat> who stormed off the set. He didn't get up. He stormed. It's the definition in London. He stormed off the set of his morning show because they were bickering back and forth on what that meant to royalty and the queen and what it meant. And he ran almost off the stage. So we learned a lesson there. When someone talks like that, Meghan Markle or any other person, a man, a little boy, a little girl. You don't react to it negatively
0: like Pierce did and double down on that as he's now off. You don't even mock famous people or royals who you presume have a much easier life than you. In a lot of ways, you might be right, but they do have the same problems. Uh, Yeah, And I think we always have to be uh, sympathetic, empathetic with anybody going through depression, suicidal thoughts. And, and you know, we do that. We've made the mistake not with people who mention these. Well, some people have made this mistake where Dak Prescott and others have talked about their issues and people get a little too personal, forgetting we're talking about human beings here, not cartoons. I know in sports they wear spacesuits in the NFL. We don't think of them as human beings. You're in the locker room. You know, you you see their, their lockers with pictures of their mother and stuff, that they're actual human beings. So you're right. We have to be careful and empathetic when people talk about Uh, depression and suicide as being part of an option they were thinking about and not mock them just because they're rich or famous. The thing I didn't think about before watching Prince Harry and Meghan Markle that, that really blew up in my mind while watching it was his mother. And when he talked about his wife being treated like his mother, all of a sudden I was locked in. Because I shared something with the prince that I didn't realize I shared. And that was childhood trauma. You know, that 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 prince had was really a little boy when his mother crashed into a wall going 110. And, you know, and my dad died young when I was a little boy, I had to go to a little put on a little suit and go to a funeral like Harry did. And all of a sudden I realized, wow. Okay. And we watched Harry in a lot of ways become his mother uh, in that interview, didn't we? In a way that, oh, he's the rebel. He doesn't want to take it anymore. He's fed up and he doesn't want to take it anymore. And he also doesn't want to see his wife treated like his mother was treated. And so I actually uh, walked away from the interview having a lot of respect for what he was doing rather than doing the English thing and the royal thing, which is ignore the elephant in the room. And pass the mashed potatoes.
1: This Diana's spirit and her energy was a big part of that interview. Oh, wasn't
0: it? In, end, no doubt about it. Here's a fun fact about eBay A, they're a sponsor of the JT and Looney podcast, which is really cool. And B, they're a really cool place to find boxing shirts. C, did you know that eBay was originally a sneaker marketplace? It's the place to go to cop the pair you've been looking for still to this day. Originally, that's how eBay was born. Sneaker nuts. Now you can get anything. But now with sneakers, they still have the eBay authenticity guarantee. Your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators in white coats. They verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Every sneaker receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. authenticity. And it protects sellers with a verified return process, too. Oh, also, another fun fact if you're a sneaker seller, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers above $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Pretty cool. Go to eBay.com sneakers. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Why am I yelling? The red turkey wearing He weighs 215, undefeated in 31 bouts. <laughs> Scoring 25 knockouts, here is Muhammad Ali. His opponent from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's wearing green trunks. He weighs 205 and a half pounds. Undefeated in 26 bouts, scoring 23 knockouts. The heavyweight champion of the world, Joe Frazier.
1: I did a deep dive on sports this past week, and I came to the conclusion that the greatest sporting event of all time, not Mount Rushmore, of all time, number one, was Ali Frazier won. Ali Frazier won because of the historical backdrop, the quality of the performance, the level of the athletes coming in, and most importantly, living up to the hype, which 90% of <laughs> sports don't live up to the hype. Right. of it, the Vietnam War, political backdrop. and Mayweather,
0: Pacquiao.
1: (laughs) It's the greatest sporting event of my lifetime. It just turned 50. I'm in my mid-50s. I look at this. This is the biggest sporting event of my life. I put Secretariat at the Belmont on Mm. the Mount Rushmore. Miracle on Ice easily. That's what the listeners even said. You can't even touch that. Miracle on Ice with the Olympic hockey team, which is Bizarre because it was played in Lake Placid and wasn't carried live. And there's so much to that. But the fight, Tom, I'm happy we we're able to review it. It was the greatest sporting event of my lifetime.
0: Well, again, just like you reminding me to watch Prince Harry and uh, and Meghan Markle, uh, I you had tweeted out you were finger wagging all of us. If you're, you're not a sports fan, unless you record this or watch it. And so I immediately flipped on ESPN and recorded it, watched it later. It was such a great broadcast. It was covered so well, not only at the time, but even better now in retrospect. It's so funny how much, how much better. It's so interesting to look at how much better we've gotten at with sports broadcasting they had Don Dunphy and Burt Lancaster <laughs> We're calling the fight who weren't the you know, who weren't the Don Dunphy was legendary in the 40s, 50s, 60s and then they just kept him on in the 70s. Burt Lancaster was a former movie star uh or maybe a movie star at the time and so that was odd. So the broadcast live broadcast was okay but the event Who cares the event? And it's so it's fascinating. Also, some of the side things that a personal note, the the ring announcing from the 70s still sounded like the 40s in the blue quarter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Max Kellerman. People were talking about that. That was literally one of the highlights for a lot of people. Mark Kregel said that on that on that retrospect, he Uh brought that up. You're exactly right. Ingrained in your mind, yes. how a ring announcer should sound back then.
0: Oh yeah. I don't even know if it's how They should sound, but that's how they sounded. And it's, it lets you know that it's at a different time era. And, uh, and it's, uh, it just makes it more of a, a legendary event because of the difference in how they did everything. And, uh, and, The way that it did live up to the hype, as you mentioned, so few things did. I think from a boxing perspective as well, it may have been Muhammad Ali's greatest fight after three and a half years of enforced idleness and just two tune ups that he came out and fought the way he did. You know, there could be an argument that he even won when you take a look at, you know, shots landed, quality shots that he was hitting Joe Frazier with and Joe Frazier wasn't budging God, that was and Joe Frazier was amazing. They they really they lived up to the hype. The fight, fight lived up to the hype, and you know, it just didn't involve us. But at the time, you know, people say we can't keep politics out of anything nowadays in America. No, not just nowadays. America hasn't changed. Don't don't be narcissistic about the time you're alive. At that time, for some odd reason, the anti-Vietnam people took Ali's side. And the pro-Vietnam people took Frazier's side, even though Frazier wasn't pro-Vietnam. Frazier had no opinion whatsoever on politics. He was a fighter and not really a political guy. But that's just the way the cards fell. So it had a social political element to it, which adds to the eyeballs and adds to the conversation at the bar, at the ice cream store or in a third grade classroom. And I disagree, cases, with, you want, I
1: disagree with you on the fight because I thought that we, we got used to Tyson, Tyson style of coming forward and you disagree with me on what on um, um, you saw Ali. You said Ali possibly could have oh, won right. the fight,
0: right? But, you know,
1: and I, thought, well, I disagree. I thought that Frazier, because I've watched that fight 30, 40 times. Oh, I know we both have yeah. my theory on that is it reminded me more and more of Tyson in his prime when he got low and he threw those punches from oh. his hips to the body. Oh. And then he had that left. Well, Frazier did that to Ali with all due respect to Tyson, who fought great fighters. He never fought anybody as good as A, Muhammad Ali, or B, Joe Frazier. No, he did not. Not to say say he couldn't have knocked one of them out in the first rounds because Tyson was brilliant. But Frazier, what he was doing in that fight, he comes in as the champion because of Ali's inactivity. And then he beats Ali the first time, which is still the most important one. So I'm shocked that I think the biggest sporting event of my lifetime resolved in a
0: joe frazier win not even an ali win oh i know isn't that amazing considering That's ali's crazy. ali's iconic yeah. status but i'm talking about once the fight was finished uh that argument could be made that is it happens in all fights you know that oh, i still think ali landed but people always leave a fight upset when it's a decision that it could have gone the other way and it was uh, it was a really close decision. It was that last knockdown, which gave it to Joe Frazier. And what's also another thing that's great about the fight was it was 15 rounds. Could you imagine if that fight didn't have 13, 14, and 15? And the most iconic round from that fight is the 15th round. Where Ali 11th of the 11th ended- round, oh, the the 11th 11th round
1: 15th yep. round, the yep. 11th and the 15th in that fight were two of the greatest rounds of all time all time. And again, I disagree with you. I thought that Frazier won the fight unanimously. I thought he didn't dominate the fight, but I clearly thought he won. Hey, Ali no dominated
0: problem. No problem. Ali dominated the 15th round. The one that he lost where he ended up on his ass. Yep. He got up off his ass. Oh, he did. I don't know. And then he won the rest of the round. You can't win the round when you get knocked down like that. It was a 10-8 round. You'd have to score it that way, but he won the rest of that round. Uh, he, uh, that's also pretty amazing. I mean, if you can, you can break down any round in that fight and it was just tremendous.
1: All right. So give me your fourth. If it's similar, greatest for me is Ali Frazier. One miracle on ice. I throw out Secretariat. It was the most dominant and great, greatest (laughs) performance in one of the oldest sports and most impactful sports of our lifetime, thoroughbred horse racing. And then the fourth, I started to hear about the Gibson home run and certain individual things. You can't pick out one Super Bowl more than another as the greatest oh. event because they don't live up to the hype and coming up with the fourth one was the most difficult because then you could start going down the road of different sports, Pele at the world cup, which is the big one of the biggest audiences in the oh, history. Right?
0: Sports. Yes. And it's tough to pick. If that. you want to Four. extend outside the United States, that's tough. That's why with fights, You know that you can include boxing because it's so international. Uh, uh, But it's yeah. Once you get out, if you want to include the world, then it'll be you know it might be some events that we weren't watching because it'll be soccer events. So just keeping it at the United States makes it a tough one. And you're ambushing me with this. I didn't know you were going to ask me, but it's got to be. You can put it in post. uh, That is true, but also (laughs) you can put it in post spontaneously. I would like to to uh, ponder it out loud and also what is what is it of it also that we that non sports fans got together and came over with the bean dip and watched and if it can't be a super bowl it might be a fight you know Pacquiao Mayweather uh, which won't end up on the list but if you'll remember it didn't live up to the hype but it did get everybody over we, we, we talked we talked people who didn't watch boxing anymore or people who didn't watch Boxing Period into coming over to the house to watch this fight. And sportscasters like you and me didn't warn people enough you know, these are two guys that don't make mistakes. It could be a boring fight, which could have happened with Ali Frazier. But Ali had been off for a few years. And so he had lost a step, which made the fight all the better. Circling back to Ali Frazier because of him losing a step. And May I say this about Joe Frazier? He was done by the time the thriller in Manila came around. And Ali hadn't wasn't taking it too seriously because he had been knocked out by he had just been knocked out by George Foreman a second time. He was awful. But he had one final bullet in the chamber. And he came out and, and fought. He fought like he fought in the thriller in Manila in 75 like he did in 71. He was the same guy. And Ali almost quit on his stool at the beginning of the 11th round uh, in the thrill in Manila. And one more caveat that I one more thing I want to mention, too, because you jumped into the Ali thing so fast. And maybe I'll put it in under the uh, Harry Markle conversation, or maybe I'll leave it here just to be organic.
1: Last thing I wanted to thank you over this last year, because this podcast And now we've moved to believe we're thrilled with everything we're doing with the podcast and what we have in front of us. But this was a big part of this year because I wanted to talk about what happened over the last exact 365 days. And I'm happy we didn't talk about how many shows I did, how many interview segments or how many newscasts you did. It's not about the number, even though the number was pretty big. It was good to talk on the podcast, you and I, every week to connect, keep this thing going forward and talk throughout the history of sports and coronavirus because we had to document this shit. We had to put it down every week and try not to miss a week because we knew how big it would be in our lives.
0: And you never know what you're working towards. Just like we are with this podcast. You never know what you're working towards as you're doing stuff in life, but we're just working towards it. And it really, and what was always more important for you and I, uh, than sports was friendship. And this was more important than the show was friendship. And we never sacrificed the friendship, even for the show or you scream air, dirty laundry on the air. Cause that's what Howard does. That wasn't our style to do that. And isn't, and we can show uh, the other thing. The other thing about the podcast is also, we hit uh, the great number that we're hitting of podcast. And that is that we show people like, unlike Abbott and Costello, or other morning shows uh, in sports or FM zoo shows. We're not two guys that don't speak unless the microphones are on. We text and talk during the week. You can actually keep a friendship and work together. Unlike Abbott and Costello, the Beatles and other unnamed people who are still on the air. Well, I'm inviting
1: you you and your family from my family to come out to my home soon. It's less than four hours by car. You can leave at nine 30 in the morning and be here by lunch at 1230. Beautiful lunch in my neighborhood. So get in the car, get out here, uh, get out of Los Angeles, come cross the border to Nevada. We won't take your state taxes for the weekend and let's connect and have a bottle of wine.
0: I think very soon I'm getting my Johnson and Johnson, no more tears vaccine. And after I get it,